0: At 88.3 WTS, after further review, getting it in before it gets a little hot outside for that heat
1: wave.
0: As you know, it's going to be a heat wave next week, so a little cooler this week as uh, we're here on 88.3 WGTs After further review, just got done doing a Nike basketball camp, uh, or actually USA Sports a youth basketball camp, sponsored by Nike. So it's been a full week for me, but we had to tape the show a little bit early because I have some AAU basketball to do on Saturdays. But make sure you always check us out on 88.3 WGT every Saturday morning, 11 to 1, sometimes live on the air and live on Facebook. And then also, we can get us on the podcast if you missed the show. We always have it on SoundCloud and also on iTunes after further review with the picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head. Frank is not going to be on this week, but we got... The man, the myth, the legend, now in Syracuse with his own congregation, Mr. David Harris. And guess what? We're going to start doing our NFL divisional preseason predictions. That's right. With David, the man got Harris. What's up, David?
1: How much? Yeah, football's right around the corner. People are already out. Colleges are getting their kids back in ready to start up camp
0: not just yet i mean we just we just got off the fourth i'm pretty sure people are still eating uh fourth of july leftovers
1: eh, a little bit of well not too much because then you come to camp out of shape and then you gotta run and get all that get back into shape but yeah that transition baseball I guess, is still in the swing of things so as it comes down the stress yeah all right let's think about football
0: Mm, that's right but now that we're gonna get into football you know what that means we gotta blow the dust off of our uh, basically the themes that we've been doing the last few years and isn't it kind of crazy that it seems like football just comes up sneaks up on us
1: yeah it's been not too much longer or not hasn't been a while since the draft when we did kind of our draft kind of basic recap talked about that free agency moves and yeah you get Maybe end of May, Memorial, maybe Memorial Day to the 4th, kind of get a little break to see what's going on, check out the NBA Finals, and then once July hits, it's, all right, let's brush out the shoulder pads, make sure the fields are all nice, and let's go out there and get
0: ready to hit somebody. That's right. And let's look this. NFL CBS song. You'll be hearing that on Sundays in a couple of months, but training camp will be starting in a couple of weeks. David, we we'll go over, we'll start off with the NFC East. And uh, what team are you going to be doing first? The Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, or Washington Redskins?
1: All right, we're going to take go down the three way a little bit, a couple hours from me. We're going to start with the G men. All right. That's what, and so, With each of these teams, we're going to kind of go through key loss, key acquisition, my one big question, and then we're going to wrap it up with my predictions for the team performance this season. And, of course, starting with the Giants, you have to look at, okay, offensively, you lose O'Dell Beckham Jr. He basically kept Eli Manning as young as he could. He was the number one target and by leaps and bounds, the best wide receiver on the roster, how are you going to fill that void in terms of performance? You can't really replace it because he's an all-pro, top-five at his position. But personality-wise, yeah, you, you know, you get kind of crazy out the field antics. But on the field, that's a lot of yardage. And if you're going to have Eli Manning as his turn quarterback, He's going to need someone
0: to throw it to. That's true. That is very true. He does need someone to throw it to. But the mistake is, do they should they have kept Odell Beckham or, and got rid of Eli or the other way around? Obviously, Odell's not there anymore. So uh, was it a mistake for them to get rid of Odell is the question. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think if going into the season, you knew that Eli Manning was still going to be your starting quarterback week one. I still think, okay, you need to have thought oh, no, about some junior on because no disrespect, Sterling Shepherd is not like intimidating me at all. Like the tight ends aren't intimidating me at all, and so basically the only guy that I'm really worried about is Saquon Barkley. Because so now you're in a position where teams are going to put seven, eight guys in the box, and if that's going to be the case, Saquon Barkley is- going to get beat up pretty bad, and it's going to be a horrible sophomore season. And so now your star running back, the guy that you're trying to build around, he's going to be banged up by the time you get to the quarterback that you just drafted. And so, it's going to be a long season, and everyone's not getting younger, and especially that quarterback. What else? The key acquisitions for the Giants, I'm Going back to the draft a little bit, so the two of the first-round picks, Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker, kind of being immediate plug-and-play guys that can come in day one. Expect them both to be opening-day starters. And with Baker fills the void a little bit in the secondary, although losing the veteran presence like Landon Collins is still, still going to be a huge loss. And then Dexter Lawrence, the interior up front learned. Hopefully have him get some pressure, alleviate some of the cast rushing woes that you've had up to this point. And so I expect like both of those players to be key contributors. Prediction in terms of statistical numbers, which is always hard with interior alignment. Maybe you're looking at maybe six or seven sacks of Dexter Lawrence I can predict. And then you know, with cornerbacks and senior players, you know, pass breakups, you know, deflections, interceptions. Those are always just kind of hit or miss. So you never know. But I expect those two to come in, be instant impact players right away, and solid pieces moving forward for the job. Sure. My well, one big question for the d Does Dave Berman know what he's doing? If I'm it's July and I still don't know whether his kind of trying to outsmart the room and thinking that he's you know throwing things a slight spread. If this is actually gonna work. Because you traded away OJ Beckham Jr. You trade or you left Collins basically walk. You basically said, Hey, Eli Manning's gonna be our guy for another year then you you know go way, way, way out into the cornfield and draft Dennis Jones with your number six overall pick. And like, and like he says that he has his master plan and you know he has a plan in place and he's trying to go off his veteran savvy kind of Jedi mind trick everyone, but is this actually going to work? Is this or is this just going to blow up in his face and then just stuck with another year? Eli Manning, at quarterback for at least, you know, the first four or six weeks, or at least until the bye week. You, you got your running back that now everyone's going to be like, all right, all eyes are on him now. And, you know, with the gear of tape on him, how are people going to be able to adjust? How is he going to be able to adjust? Knowing, knowing that now people have seen him for a season, kind of started to figure out some tendencies. Like it starts from the top down, and if the top is messed up, then the trickle down effects is going to be pretty brutal. It's going to be a long season for the boys in blue.
0: You, you think so? I mean, can can Barkley be one of those transcendent players? Well, even though he's on tape, you still can't stop him.
1: I think because he can be, and he has the ability to be, and he showed, and he showed last year that he could be. In that kind of... We haven't talked about that kind of dynamic player at the running back position in terms of just dominance. You know, you mentioned Adrian Peterson when he came out. You talk about kind of more recent guys. Like, I I don't want to say Leif was a dominant player coming out of Michigan State, but he transformed the game in a lot of ways. Like, those top-tier running back. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Stakewell and Barkley, if he gets the touches and if he stays healthy within the next five years, he he will have a 2,000 rushing yard team. Like, that, that's his feeling, and I think if he can stay healthy, he could probably, you know, push 16, 17, 1,800 yards consistently without too much difficulty, and then knowing his versatility and being able to Catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, he he's a cornerstone piece. It'll just be interesting to see who's going to be his quarterback moving forward. Is is not looking pretty at least as of now. And moving forward may not look pretty either.
0: True, very true. Uh, next team we got next. I know in New York. We talked a little bit about them. We'll keep it rolling.
1: All right, keep it rolling. We're gonna go to a city of rugby love, and go to the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: All right.
1: Our key games of the Eagles, the player that was acquired from your Chicago Bears, Jordan Howard. I think him coming in and being a change of pace running back where in that system is you got to be short, fast, catch a ball in the backfield. Kind of be versatile and be able to be using the passing game, there's a huge level of depth. I think Jordan Howard's another guy that you can throw in the backfield. He's not going to... doesn't have fumbling issues, doesn't have any off-the-field issues as far as anyone knows outside of Jordan Howard in kind of that inner circle. Yeah, knowing that your quarterback is kind of coming off the injury and now. It's no longer Nick Foles, who is my key loss for the Eagles, not having him as a solid number two option in case Carson Wentz struggles from injury and tries as he tries to get back to full 100% game-ready health. Like, you're going to need to put weapons around Carson Wentz. You're going to need to keep him untouchable as possible. Knowing that Carson Wentz is one who likes to scramble. He likes to run around. And, I mean, that's how he got injured the first time anyway. They huh? can play with his leg, And so, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, okay, you lost your Super Bowl MVP quarterback because, you know, he wants to go get the big money in Jacksonville. <laughs> what, what?
0: Well, they have Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah, Nick Foles did very well, won the Super Bowl, and was a Super Bowl MVP, but... Let's face it. Carson Wentz is a is a once in a lifetime talent as well. So they didn't really lose too much on that front. And I'll be upset if the Eagles win another Super Bowl after another Bear went over there. Remember, Alshon Jeffries left the Bears, went to Philadelphia, and won a Super Bowl. Yes, well, and I think I
1: think it would be good for Philadelphia to kind of revamp that passing offense. I mean, they traded away Deshaun Jackson, which kind of an older, or acquired Deshaun Jack, excuse me, older veteran coming back to a familiar situation. So in terms of high-powered offenses, you know Philadelphia is going to have a strong passing attack, especially since last season. 99% of the passing yards went to the tight end position. And that wasn't a matter of kind of, you know, wide receivers being shut down or kind of locked down at corners. It was just that like Carson Wentz just throws the tight end. It's, it's, it's almost akin to have Dallas throwing you know, Romo to win, Romo to win. Like, you just knew. Or Kansas City back in the day, you know, man, throw to Tony Gonzalez. We know he's getting the ball. Or New England, Ad Gronk's going to get it consistently. And be like that, a number one or number two, like, read for Carson. And so I think having a you know, big play wide receiver, So you can stretch stretch your feet a little bit. Throw him the ball. Let's air this offense out. And so that leads me to my one big question with the show that we kind of start talking about it. Can Carson Wentz be the guy now that it's him? It's his offense. You gave him the big money. You traded up to get this guy number two over top two pick in the same year as Jared Goff. He was injured when he went to the Super Bowl run, but can can you tell Carson Wentz, hey, we need you to be healthy all 16. Because yes, you're a transcendent talent, but you know you have an injury that pretty successful, especially at the quarterback position. And you know, and everyone in the league knows it. And so defenses are going to be, you know, try and be a little rough and tough. Can you handle that, knowing that if you go down, he's you, your backup. Like, he's going to come in for you. And so, it'll be interesting to see. I think Philly will still be over 500 this year, but, yeah, Carson Wentz, you're the guy now. All eyes on you, so, make big plays like you did in North Dakota State.
0: Hmm, that'll be very crazy. Yeah. <sighs> Now, okay, I guess we go on to the next team here. Now you got either the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington R-Word.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, go to our, we'll go to our nation's capital third here. We'll save America's dumpster fire for last. <laughs> okay. In terms of Washington, let, let's just start it off the way before the prediction. Josh Norman, like, I, I know that you have all this money. I know that, you know. At one time, you're one of the most dominant corners in the game. But jumping over a bull in the offseason, like, not okay. And if I'm an owner, I'm like, come on, man. Like, we paid you all this money. You haven't done that much since you've been here in Washington. Like, is this really the smartest business decision? Like, like I understand, you know. It's, it's crazy, you want to do something a little different out of the box, but just just as a piece of the horn, like, pitch your leg or scratch you, like, like, people have died trying to do that kind of stuff, man. Like, come on. But, like, that may be the opinion of the Washington, like, football season. Like, that may be the high point, literally.
0: Well, you also know that both their quarterbacks broke their legs or had serious injuries last season. That's going to be the, the, the key.
1: Yeah, and so kind of we, we can start with that and kind of that key game, Dwayne Haskins. A lot of people, you know, on draft day, including Haskins, was like, yeah, I don't go to New York. Man, nah, that's fine. And so I think him dropping to Washington and now him basically being the starter because it's. On the rocks right now, you have a Hurt, Colt McCoy. You have a Hurt, Alex Smith, of course. And then you have Case Keenum, who is just collecting checks just because every team wants to pay him. And so I think heading into week one, I wouldn't be surprised if Dwayne Haskins is the starter. I know a lot of people are thinking, yeah, he's just Peter Normal. And we'll have the veteran starter, you know, a week or two. And then we'll have... Blaine Haskins start week three or week four, just so he's not that quote unquote week one start. Which doesn't really matter. We know he's a quarterback for the future, and so just start Haskins, let him get out there, let him get through the you know that rookie paying first couple of weeks, and bring some excitement to the Washington franchise. Because they they have pieces together, and they're trying to slowly put it together. And now they have a quarterback who's type. He's as dynamic, probably for the first time since RG3, if we're just going to be honest. And so, if I'm a Washington fan, I'm expecting big things from Dwayne Haskins. Do you think that Dwayne
0: Haskins, though, can help them? I mean, I think he'll be the long-term answer for them at quarterback, but now currently... You once again got to ask yourself, what direction? You know, this is the one franchise I feel bad for because they got very passionate fan base, but the owner just has no direction of where they want to go. I mean, where is the direction they're going? And you know what? I think this is another reason that part of the NFL's problem is you got a lot of fan bases that are just so diehard and loyal to a team, even though they're not doing anything to try to improve it.
1: Well, and I think. I think this season, this off season in particular, they tried to ramp up and figure out. Okay, we're going to win with defense. And I think kind of looking at bringing in Wendy Collins, knowing that Ryan Kerrigan is a solid player, that as a veteran that can be another leader on kind of the off or defensive side of the ball. he draft Montez Sweat. And they're looking at okay, if we can figure out our offense. And kind of just through some of those growing pains offensively. A lot of our stars are young, primarily our running back and quarterback. If we can figure out our defense and get our defense to basically be a level, you know, top ten, which I think on paper they could be top ten potential and it not be a question. I think this this year's Washington could be the Jacksonville Jaguars of a couple of seasons ago that went to the AFC Championship game strictly on their defense. Where it was, the defense was lights out, made big plays, was dominant, and then you basically just told play portals, don't screw the top. And I think, because you have a rookie quarterback, because you have a couple of young running backs and, you know, aging Adrian Peterson for however much longer he's going to be around, you can basically just tell this offense, hey, defense got this, go out there, score, you yeah. know, Score two touchdowns, score three touchdowns, and then let us work. Because we got it. And so I think that, that that's probably should be the formula moving forward. But then again, I'm just a guy on the outside. I'm not making any big decisions. But it's Janis Snyder.
0: So now you move on to Big D, huh? What's the, the – you call it – we call it Dallas, but you call it the dumpster fire.
1: Yeah, Mer- Mer- they say America's team, America's dumpster fire because, you know, when was last time the Cowboys have been actually you know, relevant? And even when they are relevant, you know, ooh, a couple playoff wins. Ooh, Super Bowl in the 90s. Like, what have you done for me lately? And so... to so the, so the Dallas Cowboys, their key loss, and this is kind of, going to be a consistent thread with the key loss, key gain, and my... One good question. So the key loss for me is Scott Gwinnahan out as the offense coordinator. And you're probably thinking, well, that's a good thing because do you look at the offense, the offensive line has struggled. But I think kind of combining that now with a new offense coordinator, another new system change, personnel change for Dak Prescott, who's in a contract big money year coming up, so he's that next quarterback coming that's looking to get paid. Okay, with Scott Linehan, he liked to worry about the offensive line and the run game. And now with the key game, with so Cowboys always being Randall Cobb, another weapon for Dak Prescott to use in the passing attack, spread the, field, you know, spread the field a little bit, Number a solid number two with Amari Cooper, who you acquired. Where is this offense going to go? And so kind of my question is, is this going to be Dak's team, or is this going to
0: be Zeke's team? Does That's it, easy. It's going to have to be Zach's team or Zeke's team. I mean, I like, uh, it's kind of interesting because right now, Whitlock and uh, uh, with Speak for Yourself, they're asking if proofs of Dak's contract negotiations are going poorly, uh, and Prescott wants to see himself up there as among the highest-paid QBs, but it's pretty evident. Without Zeke, Dak is an ordinary quarterback. Even with the targets that he has now, he's still, you know, I mean, look at that. He's got Cooper out there. Um, this is Zeke's team. The Cowboys go as far as Ezekiel Elliott goes. And when he's focused and on his game and he's there for the 16 games or whatever, the Cowboys are going to do very well. If not, it, it, it's not they're going to be mediocre. You know, the, at best, I think with Zeke, I mean, at best, I think with Dak Prescott, if he plays very well and Zeke is mediocre to average the Cowboys could probably 10 and 6 9 and 7 but now nah, I wouldn't even say that I'd probably say 9 and 7 8 and 8 but if, if if Zeke is you know outstanding and exceptional the Cowboys go bump up to probably 12 and 4 13 and 3 maybe 14 and 2 and could probably get to the NFC championship game so this, this is really Zeke's team What well,
1: and that's kind of my my thinking, and so if it is, this it is going to be Zeke's team, like, you, like, then you then do you fire Scott and whose whose offensive philosophy is more of a ground and pound, run first priority, which you know allowed Elliott to be a twenty twenty five carries be that workhorse back, whereas now with this off season, bring and bringing in Kelly Moore, it seems like okay, you're bringing Randall Cobb another weapon, you look at try Dak Prescott, trying to get him more involved and I'm I'm really I really think that now from the offensive front office moves and on the field I think they're trying to make this Dax team and say Z, hey you can get your touches but we want to utilize Dax as a port, like a, as a passing quarterback get him the 35, 4,000 4500 yards through the air you know bring back James to a win for a year because you know he wanted to come out of the booth I I think it makes like both both options make sense and I think I still think Dallas will win
0: the division so you think Dallas will still win the division even though you think it's a dumpster fire
1: yeah I mean it seems to have been more Philadelphia and I just don't know if Carson Wentz can stay healthy for all 16 especially with teams knowing that hey he's coming off of an ACL injury you know one or two good pops he could be you know that's an injury that a lot of it takes a little while to come back from and a guy that likes to be as physical as, as he does as opposed to the defenders that, that wear and tear can hit. But yeah, I still think Dallas wins the division. I'll be curious to see if this is going to be Zeke's team, how one, how that affects the off the field chemistry, knowing that Dak is in a contract year and he's going to try to ball out so he can get his money and knowing that, too, you also brought in Amari Cooper last year, and he's going to want the ball out, because he wants his money. And so, you got three players all who want their money, and you know billionaire owner, who's the de facto head coach, like, alright, so who's, who's going to get paid? Because all three can't get paid, and so, if it's Zeke's team, Amari's going to be the odd man out, and if it's Dak, Zeke is going to be the odd man out, and then that's it changes
0: the dynamics of the franchise going forward drastically. Hmm. Yeah, that, That's pretty good. I, like I said, I like, I like your prediction. So right now, as we wrap this up, you got Dallas in first. Who's second?
1: Dallas in first with a predicted record of 10-6. Okay. Didn't 10-6 last
0: season win them the division? Yep. Okay.
1: And so I have Philadelphia Eagles second in the division with predicted record of nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Nine Third, and seven. Washington R War with a predicted record of seven and nine. Mm-hmm. And then bringing up the rear, the dumpster, the real dumpster fire of the division, the New York Giants, keeping steady his pace with a five eleven predicted record. <laughs>
0: and 11 yeah and and then is this the season that they say this is the farewell season of eli manning
1: i mean it should be like at some point you can't like we all like people have been making the jokes that daniel jones is basically a younger kind of clone of eli manning and so you're basically getting the exact same thing with daniel jones but yeah to let eli have a couple games like i don't want it I don't want the end of his career to kind of be marred by, hey, you know, he's a Manning. We got time out there. Like Payton's looks like crap this last couple of years. Like, if we're just going to be up, And Eli's not looking that much better. Like, at some point, you just have to tell your old quarterback, come on, like, we drafted you in 2003. Like, the only ones that are, you know, like, left from that draft at the quarterback position, you, Phil Rivers, and Big Ben. Phil Rivers has 19,000 kids that he has to support in Christian college. Big Ben, I will address that when we talk about the AFC North and you. Like, come on, man. Like, just just go home. Like, I know you don't want to, but you got to go home, man.
0: No, Okay, well, right there. There is David the Manicot Harris, NFC East. Preview. We have it posted up here on our podcast, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. Any final thoughts before we get out of here with this segment?
1: Yeah, it would be really interesting to see kind of the big names. And this division really is going to be marked by the quarterback. And so all 14, well, three of the 14 have youngish quarterbacks. And you can throw Eli Manning in there as a quote-unquote veteran. But all four quarterbacks with something approved at varying levels. Some are trying to get paid. Some are trying to validate getting paid. And some are trying to, you know, prolong their farewell tour. But it'd be interesting to see with these, just being a quarterback driven league, how these four quarterbacks have similar or different seasons.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, David gets the last word on that. And uh, thanks, David, once again, for giving us that NFC East preview. We do it every season. And uh, like I said, you uh, you do a really good job with it, um, David. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we return, we'll talk about the big NBA trade and some of the free agency moves. Man, this has been one of the most, I think, electrifying summers for the NBA. That and more here on 88.3 WTS after further review.
1: It's a fact the show's back in town John and the